Hello everybody, welcome to I Never Noticed. This is John Morrow. This is a different kind of a podcast today from the ones that I normally share with you and I'll explain why. Today's date, just as a reference point, is December the 17th, 2019. So as you can tell, based upon the date, we are in the midst of the Christmas and generally the holiday season throughout not just the nation but around the world in various forms, shapes, and fashions. And of course, we are coming down to the end of the year 2019 and approaching the entrance of 2020. 2020. Interesting. 2020 and what people might do with that phrase, particularly as it relates to the question or to the purpose of having vision. And not just vision in terms of how we see things literally, but perhaps maybe even of greater importance is the vision that we have for our lives. But I digress. I give this point because this is my holiday, but most importantly, my Christmas greeting to all of you who have followed me. And some of you will hear this within the next few hours as it's posted on SoundCloud and also interfaces on to the Uh, iTunes store as a podcast, but I am sending out to you for the first time ever a holiday greeting. I hope that a lot of you get it, but even if you don't get it before the holidays come and go, I hope you find some semblance of, um, shall I say, encouragement from it and an understanding that well, generally speaking, as I look back on 2019 for all of that that was so difficult for me personally and physically it was still a year of highlights oh there were some lowlights and if I dwell on the lowlights I would probably be a most miserable human being but I come from a strong background of faith and I'm fortunate to, to be surrounded by many many good friends and these good friends keep me thinking in a positive mindset, and I think that's extremely important in this day and age that we live. But enough said. First, let me begin by saying, for those of you who are people of faith, Merry Christmas, and may God bless you tremendously. For those of you that are of different beliefs, have a blessed, happy holiday, and enjoy the festivities of whatever activity you're involved in, and know that We all share this planet together, and therefore we must find a way to share it with the right kind of attitude and the right mindset. Certainly, as I reflect on 2019, it has been perhaps... Okay, it's not a perhaps. Let me tell you that in terms of my life, it's the worst year of my life. Let me say that again. 2019 for John Morrow of I Never Noticed the podcast that deals with healthy minds that can lead you to healthy lives. Mm -hmm. 2019 was, and may very well be for quite some time to come, maybe for the rest of my natural life, the worst year of my life. Now, is that to say that 2019 was just a miserable time? No, actually... It was not miserable. There were some terrible, terrible moments. 
Many of you out there that follow me already know my story. You know my story of 2019 because you're part of my family. You're here locally in Florida. You're part of the Toastmasters community. You're part of my church community. And you're part of my former employment community. And there have been some great things, but there have been two events that have taken place. One that was a carryover from an event of 2018 that radically changed my life. But a far more radical, devastating, traumatic, and horribly painful experience occurred to me in 2019. And again, for those of you listening who don't know this, it's okay. I'm going to share it with you, not for you to feel sorry for me. Quite the contrary. I actually probably at this stage of my life have a clear focus and vision of what I want to do and where I want to go from this point forward. It's just that I go there less with a specific um, motivational force in my life and more with the support, the encouragement, and the inspiration, motivation of my extended families. To begin with, in the year 2019, it started out for my wife Donna and I with our continuing power word for living, resolve. Letter R stands for resilience. The letter E stands for uh, enthusiasm, um, education, excellence, all of those things that are so important. And the letter S stood for service, the letter O for better optimal organization, the letter L for continued learning, in other words lifelong learning is a mantra, the letter V for having a vision, and the letter E for engage, engagement, engaging people, making those connections, reaching out, shaking hands with total strangers, giving a smile, developing relationships and we took it to a different level a good friend of mine in Toastmasters who achieved their distinguished Toastmaster designation during the year 2019 and joined this wonderful collective of distinguished Toastmasters throughout the US and the world I thank thankfully am a part of that collective she said that the core values of Toastmasters are best stated when put into a mnemonic, and the mnemonic would be the letters R-I-S-E, because these four core values of Toastmasters are respect, integrity, service, and excellence. So my wife and I agreed that the power phrase, coupled with our power word resolve, would be resolve to rise in 2019. Again, resolve to R-I-S-E in 2019. Mnemonics help me remember words, but more importantly, mnemonics allow me to dig deep and to tap into traits and behaviors that I want to emulate and exemplify in the course of my day-to-day -day living. This is how it is for me. The year already began with some struggles since I had had surgery in 2018 and had had my prostate removed. The good news, with the subsequent radiation treatment that I experienced between February of this year and ending on April the 12th of this year, 38 treatments all totaled, my last check 
And again, remember that today's date is December 17th of 2019. My last check with my primary care oncologist who handled my surgery and my subsequent treatment program of radiation, the report came back pristine. It came back 100% clear. No indication whatsoever of any kind of prosthetic antigens, PSA. And so this news indicates that any cancerous tendencies, at least with regard to prostate, are gone. But of course the prostate is gone as well. And that creates a, a very different kind of a change for me, which I won't go into detail, but those of you out there that either have been through this process or currently going through it, or you have someone you love who has been through it. My father went through it, for example. We know that uh, it's better to get it early, and if sometimes <coughs> excuse me, the situation requires a radical incident, in this case, the radical being the entire removal of the prostate, simply because it wasn't just the cancer I was dealing with, but there was a second problem that was present. Fortunately, it was benign, but it still created an additional dynamic. My prospects for the future, based upon my efforts and physical therapy, which I hope to get into beginning in 2020, should see me return to some quality of normalcy as far as that particular part of my life is concerned. But the thing that leaps out at me the most is the events that have taken place subsequent to and beginning with June the 2nd of this year. I want to first of all express my appreciation to my doctors, to my Toastmasters family, to my church family at Lake Gibson Church of the Nazarene and other people of faith who support me across this area, across the state of Florida, across the United States and even around the world. I want to thank the people that I was associated with at my former employer, <clears throat> a major insurance company that has a regional headquarters right here in Lakeland, Florida. Those people have been especially close to me this year in ways that have been delightful and greatly appreciated. They've seen me through tough times. And then, of course, there is the issue of family and what that family has meant to me. I've had some losses this year among friends and people that mattered to me, people that have um, been taken for reasons which... Uh, are both uh, confounding, but yet at the same time, because of the life that they lived, uh, they have moved on to something that I believe is far better, far greater, far more wonderful, and most importantly of all, my faith says that they are now in a place where eternal joy will be their lot for all time. And I think that's something to get excited about, but I'm still here. Who is not here? My wife, Donna, is not here. The morning of June the 2nd of 2019, Donna collapsed in the kitchen. It was a Sunday morning. I was here with her. I saw that something terrible had happened. She was unconscious on the floor in the kitchen. I contacted 911, paramedics, EMTs, 
individuals with professional care first responders arrived and worked like warriors. They were like soldiers in pitched battle with an enemy. The enemy in this case was potentially, and as it turned out, death. They were trying to bring her back. And throughout the entire process, which began here and went on for 20 minutes and then continued in the ambulance and the short trip to the hospital, which is only a half mile from my house and into the emergency theater in the hospital where the work continued, yet for more minutes, time seemingly standing still, they worked to try to bring my wife back, but she was in cardiac arrest. And cardiac arrest for those who don't really understand it, is just simply the heart stopped. Its beat was arrested. And many, many things are done to try to get the heart to start pumping again. But those efforts were futile. The heart, my wife's heart, my Donna's heart, had had enough. It's time to go. And the truth of the matter is, from the moment she collapsed in the kitchen that morning sometime after 10 o'clock until her actual official death was declared at 11 minutes past 11 a.m. on the morning of June the 2nd, 2019, Donna was technically already dead. She was already gone. Is there mercy in that? For her, I think there is, because... Science says that she knew nothing. When she went down, everything stopped. That was it. It was over. She didn't know what was happening to her. She was already being transported to another place, and what mankind was doing through medical science was trying to bring her back. But God and her body had other plans. And so I said goodbye to my wife. And this is not easy. On June the 2nd, almost 46 years, we had been married and we had known and loved each other for well over 46 years before we did get married. I lost my best friend, my best forever friend. And 46 years of my life, to kind of give you an idea of that perspective, I'm 69, and when she died, it was actually exactly one week from my 69th birthday. So it's easy for me to tell you that two-thirds of my life was wrapped around her and she around me. She was with me. She was my friend. She was my voice. She was my companion. She was my partner. She was my lover. She was my counselor. She was my accountability person. Sometimes she was my scolder, my chider. Sometimes she got right up in my grill and told me I needed to straighten things up and behave properly. She was with me constantly, and even when she was not physically with me, she was still with me constantly because we were always in touch with one another. And we really preferred to do things together rather than not. But she still cut me a lot of slack, particularly with Toastmasters, because I spent a lot of time doing Toastmaster things. And since we were both technically retired and living on Social Security and a small pension from the company we'd worked for and retired from, we were doing a lot of things together, 
and the Toastmasters things, she participated in some, but for the most part, she let me have that niche in my life, and it's made a difference because the Toastmasters niche has been an integral part of my life for well over 30 years, going actually about 31 years now. But again, two-thirds of my life. It took me time as I went through the processes of last rites and uh, handling of her last effects, personal belongings, her estate, family, the memorial service, which was incredible, and all the other things as I dug through the memories of the life and meaning she had to me, knowing that our last words before she collapsed that Sunday morning were words of tenderness and love and encouragement and delight and I saw a smile on her face and it meant the world to me to know that the last sight I had of her before she collapsed was a smile and a and a sense of excitement in her eyes as we talked about what we were going to do for that particular day it was good conversation no regrets hasn't been a perfect marriage but let me tell you what there's no better person in the world I could have been with so my friend was gone. And then we had a memorial which was amazing, not just because of the content of the memorial and the tribute to one of the finest women that has ever lived and to the greatest wife a man could ever have and the dearest friend a husband could ever have, but it was also a testament to the fact that she had left an impact upon this community here in Lakeland and upon the people we were employed with and those who knew us through Toastmasters as well as our church family. And so it was a big crowd. And it was a sweet service. And it was a service that obviously was mixed with a lot of heartache and pain, but there was also a tremendous amount of joy and celebration because People of faith don't dwell upon the fact that the life is taken. They don't think about the fact that we have to spend the rest of our lives absent from this individual. It is only the rest of our finite lives that we have to spend absent from that one which we love most dearly. And there is that hope of eternity that lies on the other side of this finite life. And that hope of eternity is an infinite, never-ending life. And this is just my faith. So some people don't find that comforting. I do. Some people say that's delusional. I don't happen to think it's delusional. But again, I don't have to prove it because one of the things about faith that I have learned is that faith is just that. It's a choice. It's a choice that I made many, many years ago to believe that which is not provable. Now, that being said, I know in my own personal life I have seen proof that that faith is real and that Creator God that I worship and that Savior Christ that has made me acceptable before that Creator, I have seen proof <clears throat> that He exists or it exists, whatever you want to call it. But that being said, that's my choice. And I don't have to prove that to you, but what I do have to prove to you is that because of it, I live a different kind of life. And I want that life to be the kind of life that makes a difference, not because of just letting people know that I believe in this hope and that they can have the same kind of hope, but going even further in the pay-it-forward attitude of living, it's 
the fact that those of us who follow this belief in its most pure form and the personality of Jesus Christ, the Christ of Christmas, do so with an unselfish behavior. Unselfish behavior is our statement to others that although I would like you to know the Christ that I believe in and celebrate at Christmas time as well as throughout my life, what's more important is that you see the kindness, the generosity, the service, the devotion, the dedication, the acceptance that everyone deserves regardless of what they state and that you want your life to be a good life and you want to have good people in your life and good people need to come forward and simply say I accept you the way you are I'm not asking you with any conditions I'm simply saying can I be your friend can I be a part of your life can I have the pleasure of getting to know you and even knowing why we may not agree on everything but in agreeing to disagree we do so because the relationship is a whole lot more fun and the things that we have in common are a whole lot more precious than the things that we don't have in common. Donna taught me that, as did the Gospel of Jesus Christ. So as we move through the course of the year, there have been other losses that have left me brokenhearted, friends that have passed, one in particular before my Donna died, that I worked with at Geico, who desperately loved his wife, and I happen to love both of them very, very much. He tragically lost his wife to cancer. And there have been others that have had to sit and watch. Just after Donna's death, a friend that I worked with at Geico in those early years, back in the 90s, when we were working as part of the HR hiring team for the office here in Lakeland, lost her soulmate to cancer, a cancer that she watched ravage his body for at least five if not more years. She had to go through the trauma of watching him slowly waste away from a once incredibly vibrant and robust man into just a shell of a man because the cancer just literally destroyed him. But he was a man of deep faith and she was a woman who found an even deeper faith through her relationship with him and I was able to have the privilege of being a part of the funeral scene and the graveside service and to be able to know that I could understand to some degree the depth of the anguish that she was experiencing over the loss of this someone but at the same time she had the confidence and the hope for the future that she would also see him on the other side. So the high-low point of my life and I say high-low because there's nothing worse than, I think, losing your spouse. If there's anything that can even mirror it, it is the loss of a child long before it should have happened. The loss of one of your own prior to your own passing seems almost like a crime, but this is the life that we live and the world that we live in. For those of you out there who might be listening and saying, what's up with a God who does that sort of thing? And much like uh, one of the characters in Catch-22 said regarding, you know, his skepticism and even contempt for God, he just couldn't understand why things were the way they were and he completely missed the point. Uh, we are people with a free will and we make choices and the choices we make determine the consequences that we deal with the progress or lack of progress or the failures that we experience and the learning 
is realizing that there are consequences and there are blessings and there is sowing and reaping cause and effect, trial and error. There is success and failure. But in my life, as I have embraced the phrase from D.L. Moody, this phrase which states we should not fear failure nearly as much as succeeding at something that simply doesn't matter. And so for my life, it's not the failure aspect that I dwell upon. It's what I learn from the failure, and it is the success that I get by continuing to persevere to do that which makes a difference. The pay it forward, give something good, make a difference, touch a life, bring joy to people. And in this holiday season, my greatest wish for all of you out there who have been a part of my podcast journey these last three years is for you to experience an incredible 2020. Mark Guy, as you know, is normally my executive producer. Mark is not with me today. I'm actually doing this broadcast from my home and not from the facility that we normally do our recording. And so Mark has been a very, very important part of my journey and has been a steadfast friend And Mark has been with me along the journey in the business of I Never Noticed and in the business of advancing the cause of changing our lives, transforming our minds, and through the transforming of our minds, creating healthy lives, healthy in all aspects, beginning, first of all, with a healthy mind. A healthy mind is a difficult thing to get because of all the negatives that are in the present time of the world. And we can turn on a TV, we can turn on a radio, we can look on the phone, we can look on the computer, we can get involved in a conversation with a crowd of people, both friends and strangers. We have family, we have associates, and then we have others. Negative influences abound, but more positive influences are there, which is why when I started the program of I Never Noticed, I wanted individuals to slow down long enough to look for all the wonderful things that are happening, to listen with greater intentionality to those things that are building lives up, not tearing them down and to resolve in their thinking not to let their emotions about specific value systems or political systems or religious systems or any other socio-economic and ethnic system, to not let those beliefs become a war cry. Because there's enough people out there yelling and screaming and calling each other names, and we have divisiveness. And we need to see a vision in the year 2020, a literal vision 2020, that says we can make a difference. Yeah, it's a political year. It's going to be an election year. It's going to be a turbulent year. History has proven time and time again, and it has an uncanny ability to repeat itself. But at the end of the day, when the factors that are taking place right now across many, many spectrums of this life on this planet are assessed, you can predict with almost certain absolute probability that there's going to be conflict, difficulty, there's going to be division, there's going to be fighting, there's going to be struggle, there's going to be hurt, there's sorrow, there's grief, there's pain. Does this sound like a terrible story? Well, I apologize, but it is true. But the difference is, and these are the things that the difference makers connect to, 
is they don't allow themselves to be wrapped up in the acrimony of these events. I said acrimony because we must live each day as if it's the only day we've got. We must live that day so that we are doing random acts of kindness. We are paying forward our goodness. We are stating that we want to be a part of the solution, not the problem. We want to work to create relationships, build friendships, save families, save marriages, restore communities, and build a greater nation, and usher in a time where we draw closer together, even though we may differ in our philosophies and in our faith, and we are different in terms of our gender and our ethnicity and even our socioeconomic state. We are all human beings. We are all God's creation. We all have the same color of blood in our bodies, and we all breathe the same air, and we all seek to have a life of fulfillment and success, which also means that we that have need to take in gratitude what we have and be generous with it because there are lives out there that in many cases simply need someone to say something and do something kind. I could talk about it all day, but my time is up. I will be returning to my normal schedule of podcasts as we continue to talk about the five senses and the power of using your sensory skills to begin to change how you think, how you see, how you smell, how you taste, how you express, how you feel in every way, form, shape, or fashion, and that you begin to realize that you are the doorkeeper of your mind and the data, and you get to control a significant part of that. So when you begin to eliminate and take captive the ugly thoughts, and begin to take in instead the healthy thoughts, life begins to change. You are transformed mentally, and your body is transformed physically. Thank you so much. Merry Christmas. Happy New Year. God bless all of you. This is John Morrow saying, So long, 2019, but I see in my vision 2020 a great 2020 with you and with all my friends and family. So until then, take care, and I'll see you around the corner.